I'm Mike Swift, MLEX's Chief Correspondent for Digital Risk. If you're new to MLEX Podcasts, a very warm welcome to you. If you've listened to our continuing series of podcasts before, welcome back. After a long wait for Senate confirmation, Macon Del Rahim, the new Assistant Attorney General for Antitrust at the U.S. Department of Justice, recently used one of his first policy speeches to issue a pretty forceful statement on the role of antitrust law in policing patents on essential technologies, such as 4G or Wi-Fi. MLEX was at Del Rahim's November 10th speech at the USC Law School in Los Angeles, and here to discuss the remarks and their ramifications is our senior antitrust correspondent here in San Francisco, Josh Sisko. Josh, welcome. Hi, Mike. So, Josh, why is is, uh, his speech significant? Why should we care about what he said? So, Del Rahim reversed uh, several years of uh, policy under the Obama administration, which uh, has uh, typically favored the interests of licensees in these negotiations. So patents are typically a right to exclude their illegal monopoly, but when the patents cover technologies used in standards, that gives the owner of that patent uh, a much more market power. And so in these negotiations, the patent holders, the fear is that the patent holders will use that market power to extract higher royalty rates. What Del Rahim said is that it's actually the reverse of that is of uh, much bigger concern. Del Rahim said it's actually holdout that is the bigger concern, where the implementers, the licensees who use the patents and the technology and the products that they make, that they will hold out in licensing negotiations in order to get a below market rate. So um, that's a significant and interesting turn. Um, who are the specific winners and losers, uh, assuming the DOJ goes ahead and, and sort of implements that sort of rebalancing of the scales? Well, the big winners in this are the companies that own uh, big IP portfolios that and, and have uh, big patent licensing businesses on standard technologies such as Qualcomm, Ericsson, and Nokia, and, and some others. On the flip side... Companies such as Apple, Samsung, and other product makers, they are their licensing tactics, their, their tactics in, in these licensing negotiations uh, seem to be that they will be under a bit more scrutiny going forward. Additionally, standard-setting organizations seem to be on notice now for their role in this so-called buyer's cartel, this monopsony theory of harm in licensing negotiations where the buyers band together, the buyers being the licensees, they band together in order to extract below market rates. So there, Del Rahim in his speech mentioned standard-setting organizations a number of times and that the DOJ won't hesitate to go after SSOs who set up this type of situations where licensees can hold out for, for lower rates. Hmm. Um, a lot of this hold out, hold up stuff, it almost sounds like something out of the Old West, but um, you know, it's af- actually um, a very important world of uh, element of, of modern technology uh, licensing. And, but do we actually know of any cases of holdout that have happened? I mean, has that ever been litigated at all? It has not been litigated in open court, as far as we know. Uh, Whether or not that is happening behind the scenes, it's a confidential process, and it's hard to ascertain the extent of 
that that is happening. Uh, likewise for Hold Up, there aren't a lot of uh, public instances of that happening, although uh, current and former uh, Democratic antitrust uh, officials have, have said that it is happening, though they have also declined to name specific examples. So, uh, how do these remarks fit in with Del Rahim's worldview? Is it really a surprise that he's taken this position? It's not really a surprise. So the idea that antitrust law should be used sparingly, if at all, uh, on against patent holders, whether they're over standard technologies or not, is uh, something that Del Rahim has uh, promoted for some time, kind of dating back to his work on the Antitrust Modernization Commission, which was uh, commissioned by Congress to, in the previous decade, to sort of revamp uh, U.S. antitrust law. He made some comments in that report about just this issue here that uh, that antitrust law should not really doesn't really have a place uh, with uh, standard essential patents, and he's also done work for a number of companies who come out on this issue. He's done lobbying work for Qualcomm, um, as well as interestingly enough, on the other side of the debate, he's also worked with companies such as Intel and Apple. Uh, on intellectual property issues, but uh, in his disclosures in for his work in the Antitrust Modernization Commission, he mentioned uh, work uh, on behalf of Qualcomm at uh, foreign antitrust agencies uh, around the world. So this is something that he's been studying and discussing and doing a lot of work on for for many years. So this it's an issue that he has put a lot of effort and, and time and thought into, and uh, I think people knew where he uh, kind of shook out on this uh, subject well before he was confirmed by the Senate to head the antitrust division. Um, obviously, the uh, $64,000 question, or a lot more money in this case, uh, is riding on how this might affect existing litigation, such as the uh, FTC's antitrust case against Qualcomm, which is about uh, the sync business of Qualcomm. I mean, do we have any insight into that? I mean, ha- I mean, how the, how what he said might play out in, in existing litigation? Well, so far, the FTC has shown no signs that it is giving up in its case against Qualcomm, which is challenging the anti-competitive nature of their perceived anti-competitive nature of their patent licensing business. Qualcomm owns a, a multitude of standard essential patents and FTC believes that they are using their market power to extract monopoly royalty rates and the FTC has shown no signs of slowing down that case. They are winning so far. They won a motion. They defeated Qualcomm's motion to dismiss the complaint and uh, the two sides are moving forward with discovery. Whether or not this uh, this new uh, outlook will affect the government's choice in bringing more cases, even if they are successful against Qualcomm, I think is a more open-ended question. It could be that under the previous administration, they would have used Qualcomm as a test case to, if, where if they were successful, they would uh, go after additional instances where they saw similar uh, conduct. But... Uh, they might, uh, even if they win in Qualcomm, ultimately, uh, there's a trial in a little more than a year from now. Even if they win in Qualcomm, they might decide to to 
not pursue other other cases. Yeah, yeah. I thought this was a really interesting speech because you know both of I, both of both you and I were there. We were in the front row. It was a small room. We were one of the only reporters there. And a lot of times these speeches can be kind of sort of dry, arcane things. And this was a speech that, although it was technical, was delivered with a lot of passion. There seemed to be a lot of energy there on Del Rahim's part. And do you, we have any sense as to why he feels so strongly about this or what was going on? Well, I think it is a it's a topic that he's dealt with a lot in his career. He seemed he did seem pretty fired up about it. I think that he feels very strongly about these issues and he has clearly put a lot of thought into it. He understands the issue quite a bit. I think that there is a large contingent of companies and the antitrust bar that likely disagree with him uh, very strongly. But I think he feels that this is an issue that is going to really affect the economy. That if patent holders, the owners of that technology are not, the patent, the monopoly that the patent confers gives you, it sort of is done as an incentive to innovate. And he sees it, as many others do, that the the more the rights of the patent holder are stripped away, the the more the innovation will suffer and that there's less incentive for companies to develop new technology if their intellectual property rights are going to be watered down. So he sees this as a central economic issue going forward. That was Josh Sisko, MLEX's senior antitrust correspondent here in San Francisco. Um, As the DOJ's antitrust policy under Del Rahim plays out, Josh and other MLEX specialized correspondents will continue to cover the merger reviews, and enforcement actions brought by the agency. If you'd like to read more of our antitrust coverage, head to our website, mlexmarketinsight.com. Click on Insight Center and then click on Editor's Picks. Make sure to come back often for future MLEX podcasts from Europe, Asia, and the Americas on regulatory and litigation issues around antitrust, trade, privacy, data security, and corruption. You can access our podcast from our website or subscribe through the SoundCloud app for iPhone or Android devices. And I'm Mike Swift. Uh, Thanks for joining us and catch you soon. Mm -hmm.